end of the road, just pivot and go. Pivot and go. Heather Monahan, welcome back to the podcast. We don't have many guests on twice, but I might have you on three times. You might be on the next week and the next week and the next week because that's how great you are. But hey, I want to talk in depth. I just want to focus on this amazing book you have written that is coming out right at the time of this release, Overcome Your Villains. Where did this name come from? Just give us a background like, okay, this is, yeah, this is, this is it. Oh, thanks for having me, David. I appreciate you so much, as you know. Um, so this is interesting. My first book that I wrote, Confidence Creator, I wrote that in 2018. One of the chapters in that book was called Leapfrogging Villains, right? And it was just one chapter, which was kind of about overcoming, um, you know, the difficult people in your life. However, you know, I believe that your audience will tell you what they want. I always get DMs from people about that chapter and about leapfrogging villains. So when I signed with Harper Collins Leadership, I, I was sure the name of the book is Leapfrogging Villains until they told me, no, it didn't test as well as Overcome Your Villains. So Overcome Your Villains won. Data doesn't lie. I like that too, because they're right. Like leapfrog is not as powerful as like, I'm going to overcome them. Instead of you just playing that little game of kids leapfrog. It's funny the difference words can make. I've like, I've danced that dance with the publishers and the subtitles and, it's wild, but your title is great, but I want to get into it. So talk to us about the three-step back process, evaluating the situation to identify a clear path forward. <laughs> yeah, I like that radio voice. Okay, so about <laughs> two years ago, a guy that was, you know, sometimes people reach out to me on social and say, I want to mentor you or I want to help you. And this person was a lot older than I was. I didn't really know him. I jumped on a call with him and he said, one of the things that I see that you're not doing that you should be doing is you need to distill what, what it is you do to get ahead into a simple process anyone can implement. And I said, well, I don't, I don't have that. He said, well, start asking yourself all the time. And so I just, I took out a whiteboard, you know, I kind of started writing down like, what are the, I always take action. That's one thing. And it's like my main thing. Right. So I just started writing down these different things that I do and started you know, crossing off the ones I thought maybe were ancillary and then thinking, is there a process here? And it took me months to figure it out, but I ended up coming up with this repeatable process that now that I'm aware of it, I've been doing it subconsciously my whole life, but I didn't, you know, this man challenged me to articulate it. And so I'm super grateful to him for giving me this idea. And so the three-step process is what I put into play anytime things get really bad for me. So let me give you the example of when I got fired. The first step is beliefs. The second is action. And the third is knowledge. So when I got fired, I started telling myself this belief. Oh my God, I've lost everything. I have nothing. I've lost everything. So the minute you hit whatever challenge it is that you're dealing with, mine was getting fired. You have to break that belief down and deconstruct it into the most simplistic fact, if there is any fact there, right? So when you pump the brakes on emotion and say, okay, hang on, what is the story that I'm telling and break it down to fact? For me, the only fact that was there was I had lost my paycheck. That was fact, but I did not lose my network. I did not lose my expertise, my experiences. I didn't, you know, my family, my friends, I didn't lose any of that stuff. So once I stopped telling myself a story that wasn't true and started focusing on the simplicity of the fact, you lost a paycheck, you've had other paychecks before, this really isn't that bad, right? So deconstruct everything to the most basic fact that exists. And probably many times there's zero fact, right? So there's nothing there. So, so that's really the most important first step. 
that now once you've deconstructed the belief, you've got to immediately take action. And this is where most people get held up, right? You and I are not like this. We lean into action a little bit more, but a lot of people kind of stop and, and they get stuck here. So you need to, the minute you deconstruct the belief, you take some action. Doesn't have to be huge. For me, when I got fired, my action step was I put a post up on social media and said, I just got fired. If I've ever helped you, I need, I need to hear from you today, right? So that was my action step. It can be anything, but that action step is gonna help you to build momentum, which is gonna start springing you forward into new opportunity. Okay, finally, this, the third step uh, in the process is knowledge. And that's really, knowledge can be found so many different ways. Knowledge can be accessed through social media, through this podcast, you know, but really what's important about the knowledge that you choose is to be mindful of it. Because when I got fired, I deconstructed the belief. I took action and then I jumped on a plane and I went on the Elvis Duran show. I surrounded myself with knowledge of someone who was ahead of where I wanted to be someone who had been where I wanted to go. That's the kind of knowledge I want people to surround themselves with, not with the guy that you went to high school with that still lives back at home that, you know, never left his parents' house. He's probably not the right guy to help talk you through a challenging time. So really get mindful about who am I accessing knowledge from? Who am I surrounding myself with in this moment in time? And continue to ask yourself that question. Quick break in the podcast to take one giant leap for men's health. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt a lack of overall drive, less than ideal performance, feeling lethargic, energy is low? Yeah, we all have. That's a huge issue. A lot of us don't talk about, but at Blokes, their mission is to help reignite the energy and drive, getting back what has been lost due to aging, environmental factors, and other medical conditions. And they literally are the optimization king at revitalizing, whether it's through peptide therapy. Peptides are the next generation of regenerative medicine made up of amino acids, chains, natural, that turn on specific functions of the body. Yeah, game changer, like superhero mode. They have testosterone replacement therapy and just so much more at blokes to just dominate your total optimization. So why could yeah, why, like why keep waking up with low energy? Why keep playing on the defense? Flip the script, play on the offense. Check out blokes at blokes.co. B-L-O-K-E-S dot C-O. Check it out and take one giant leap for men's health. Ooh, I love this step. I love the three-step process, not only because it can be used for big things like you being fired and finding your pivot and your next, but just literally daily actions. Like a straight line is what the Greeks call chronos. It's just time. Chronos is time. And everything that happens to us throughout our day is these little kairos moments where you could literally say, oh, this happened in my day. Okay, I stop. Okay, what's my belief in it? How can I take action in it? Who can I get knowledge from it? It's like throw this in your back pocket and you've got a tool for every single day. I like that. Okay, so let's say I'm at the office and I just cannot deal with the people working around me. It's a toxic environment. They're bringing me down. These are the villains at the office. They're the villains maybe even in my extended family like we all have. How do you deal with, and not just leapfrog, but overcome these type of toxic environments? Okay, nice play on the words there. I like that. Okay, okay. so here, here's what I would suggest to people there's going to be different situations that are going to call for, you know, different courses of action. However, I truly believe we can't assume other people know the impact that they're having on us. So I would begin with communication, especially at work, right? Because 
you think, oh, this person hates me. They treat me terribly. Maybe they just see other people treating you that way. So they're falling in line, right? So speak up and communicate what it is that you need clearly. It doesn't need to be an argument. It can be an ask. Right. But just really be honest and upfront and direct with people. So many people don't like being direct with others, but that can solve a lot of problems right there. Right. So ask for what you need. Be direct in your ask. Now, if that person decides to, you know, say yes to your face and then, you know, continue to treat you badly, that's a different situation. But I would attempt that uh, initially. I'd, I'd make that my first step. The second thing is if someone does keep treating you poorly, you've, you've made the ask and you're at work you may at that point want to go to a supervisor to say, hey, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye. Is there a way for us to work on different projects, maybe on different teams? You know, is there a way to still remain in the company if you like the company at that point in time? But I'd also want you to be aware that if there are toxic environments in your business, you're probably in the wrong company. Not all (laughs) companies are like that, right? So culture starts at the top is what I've found. And you know, if, if someone's turning a blind eye to bad behavior because, oh, that person generates so much money for the company, we can't afford to lose them. They're going to continue to make bad decision after bad decision that are going to impact culture, that's going to impact how you feel every day when you go to work. So pick your head up out of your industry. Look around at other industries. Look around at different companies. Think about other things you like to do. You are not, you know, obligated to stay working somewhere because you've been there. There's no opportunity loss about picking up and moving on. I know at 43, I started over at ground zero and wrote my first book, right? So trust me on this. Yes, it's intimidating. It can seem a little scary, but successful people figure it out along the way. They don't have the roadmap when they start. You don't have to have it either. Mm, 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 so good. So it's comfortability is what keeps a lot of us in these toxic environments, what keeps people in toxic relationships, because it's just too hard to cut the proverbial umbilical cord and get out. But once you do, that's where successful people come from. I think that's a stat that I read that's like the I think it was billionaires. They went through 7.2 complete failures, roadblocks in their life before they got to that point. So there's going to be these toxic times. You have to get out. I got yeah, address it. If you can't, get out. So good. So good. I'm a I'm a big uh proponent of the word potential being a bunch of BS because it doesn't mean anything until it's actualized in this glass ceiling we all have over our head. What do you teach people in in, in the book of how to just shatter that glass ceiling, bust through your potential and actually be better than you even put these little limitations on yourself. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording about the glass ceiling. And I'll tell you, as someone who came up uh, in sales, you know, I started off as an account executive like everybody else did. And I made it to the top to the chief revenue officer position. So that proverbial glass ceiling had been put in play that I couldn't make it to the C-suite, right? I had been told that my entire career. And, you know, I decided not to listen and to pursue my own goals and and make it happen, right? What was possible was what I thought was possible for me, not what other people told me was possible for me. Now, that might sound easy, but in actuality, you know, that happened over a two-decade career, and it was not easy. You know, I sacrificed a lot. I gave up a lot to, to, to actualize that and have that happen. But the biggest, you know, meeting of the mind was of myself to decide, yes, other people want to tell me I, you can't do this and it's not going to work and, and whatever, you know, conversation they had, they wanted to limit me. But the big one I had was with myself. 
I remember I had pitched my boss on the idea of promoting me, you know, to the C-suite. I had aggressively pursued it for a couple of years. However, when we finally sat down, you know, to document terms and, and execute a contract, I remember getting anxiety and thinking, okay, this is happening. Whole wait a minute, I really don't know what happens on the other side of that curtain, right? Because everyone who's not in the C-suite is not in the C-suite. You just don't know. So I started thinking, oh my gosh, what if I'm found out? What if I push so hard for something and now I get there and they realize Heather's not as smart as we thought. Heather isn't, you know, capable to, she's not C-suite material, but we already announced it. Then what, what happens to me? I started having this really negative story. I started telling myself, here's what's so ironic when you push through that self-doubt and imposter syndrome, right? Like that you're going to be discovered. The reality is as long as you show up as yourself, you can never be an imposter. It's impossible. That, that, that doesn't exist. So you just have to be you and show up and put the effort in. And when I busted through that and showed up at my first C-suite meeting, guess what? It was easier than when I was EVP, right? Because I had more teams, more resources, more people. It was almost a joke. I, I started saying, I've been busting my butt this whole time at a lower level than all of these people. They have it easier. They're making more money. They have more resources. What was I thinking? And so that was sort of the, you know, the Wizard of Oz moment for me is once I broke through to realize none of it was ever real. Oh, love it. I love it. Heather, what are you, who, who are your favorite villains of all time? We talk about overcoming your villains in the book. Who are your favorite character villains of all time? Okay, well, my favorite villain of all time is the woman that fired me all day long, right? Because that was, there's no doubt, she was the most evil villain that I've ever, you know, gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with in business. However, I'm super grateful for her because she gave me this opportunity to literally start over at 43 years old. Now, I didn't feel like that, you know, the day that it happened. I felt terrible. I was crying my eyes out. But here I am four years later. I'm super, super grateful for that villain. But I mean, there's so many um, movie villains and, you know, and so many great books out there. But I'd probably have to say I'm a big fan of, you know, the Joker, that yep. whole uh, that whole villain series is pretty impressive. Oh, I like how you put them both a real life. And I mean, I'm not just thinking about it through my head, like the 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 best the basketball coach in the NBA who fired me like, for a long time. That was my biggest villain. But then actually the biggest villain becomes someone that you're grateful for because you wouldn't be in the spot you're at today if they hadn't you released of what you thought was your thing. Interesting. The Joker, good call too. I'm a Scar. I like Scar. I'm a Lion King guy. Scar. Yeah. Oh, I love Lion King. That's a, that's a great movie. Heather, where can we all find this book? How do we order it? Where should we order it from? Uh, give us all the details on the book. November 16th is the date. That's the new date as of today with all of the Perfect. issues with publishing. Uh, that, that, that's what we know for sure today is November 16th, Overcome Your Villains. You can buy it anywhere books are sold. And if you go right now to overcomeyourvillains.com, just for the remainder of today, I'm going to be leaving up all my pre-orders, $500 bonus bundle for free. All you have to do is enter your order number when you purchase the book and you get my video course, my workbook, you get my 30 day accountability program. You get a lot of stuff for free because it's a big thank you. Cause I'm super appreciative of your support. Oh, you're awesome. You have so much that you give to everybody listening. Like literally you are giving away so much free stuff. 
Unbelievable. Can you can, can you give me a free trip down to Florida to hang out with you? Can you give me that too? Yes, we need Please. to make that happen. We totally need to make <laughs> I know that we happen. talk about it. One of these days. One of these days. Hey, <laughs> as you drop the mic and leave this podcast, can you leave us all with a quote from the book? A quote that stands out to you that you're like, man, this is just mm-mm-mm. uppercut punch you in the face, drop the mic quote. Oh my gosh, you know what's so funny and you'll appreciate this? I confuse my quotes from my two books now because it's like, it's all your own thoughts, right? Like it's all your own words. So I'm thinking to myself, shoot, which one is it? I I know there's a couple I like for my first and there's a couple I really like for my second one. But the one that sticks out to me right now that I know is from my new book is that the quote that I actually said earlier, which is successful people don't know the how, but they bet on themselves to figure it out along the way. And I'll tell you, I did not know that growing up. I thought successful people had it all figured out, and that's why they were successful. But that's, you know, that lie or that trick that we're playing Mm -hmm. on ourselves. They really don't have it figured out. They just trust that they will figure it out. And so that's what I want for That is super good, Heather. To have that trust and faith in yourself. Mm. Oh, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but that is super good. I love that. I'm just excited over here. That's uh... (laughs) – Yeah, you know, uh, that is overcoming your villains to the core right there. And I just appreciate you writing this book, the person that you are. So everybody listening, go run to Barnes & Nobles, hop on Amazon, get on Heather's website, any way you can buy this book, get your hands on it, overcome your villains. Heather Monahan, you are a superstar. Thank you so much for coming on. Right back at you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you.